Now, um, a few weeks ago, we had um, a, a, an advertising guru. I hope he doesn't uh, find offence in me describing him as that. Neil Davies from BBDO in Dublin on to do the story behind the song. And he did uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash. And during the, uh, actually live during our interaction, um, we thought, wouldn't it be great sometime if Neil could come on and talk about um, uh, ads and music and great music and great ads and how music goes with ads and how both are intertwined and mutually compatible. And uh, so he went off and he did his homework and he decided to put together a whole brief and I'm absolutely humbled by the brief he put together because Patrick has just given me this brief um, uh, yesterday and it was just, he, Neil, you've done, you've done your homework. Thank you so much. Well, I had to do the homework since you promoted me to a guru. I mean, I was, I was happy with the title I had, but I'll, I'll take that promotion. There are higher than guru. You, you could be an <laughs> advertising god by the end of this item if it goes off well. Let's, uh, let's just see. Neil, um, you, Neil, you love music and you love advertising and both I are do. intertwined in your world. Why do both uh, go well, go so well together? I mean, interestingly, both industries kind of grew up alongside each other. The music industry and the advertising industry really kind of are 20th century phenomenons. But it's only really in the second half of the 20th century that they really began to work together. They kind of existed as separate things. And to me, why it's interesting is that advertising is always about creating an emotional connection with, uh, with an audience, with a consumer. It's about creating memories and associations and positive feelings. And music does that as well. And right from the beginning, the advertising industry would create jingles right in the earliest days of, uh, of radio. Just ways of creating that emotional connection, of creating you know, earworms, if you will, things that stick with people. And as the music industry developed as well, and it became obvious that there was a big crossover, that's when I think the magic began to happen. And one of the ways you came at this uh, subject for us uh, today, Neil, is you came at it through the portico of brands. And what we're going to do is I'm going to play a clip of music and then you're going to come at it from where you came at it, which is through the brands. Sure. And that is the great Marvin Gaye. And I heard it through the grapevine. And of course, that's inextricably linked, Neil, with a certain brand. Isn't that right? It certainly is. Levi's 501s started using this song in the mid-80s. And that was really when music and advertising started to work together in sync. And that song became a massive hit as a result of that. And, and in fact, everything that Levi's did, originally to try and separate their brand from other jeans and denim brands, by saying, if you want true Americana, if you want true um, heritage product, then Levi's, and particularly Levi's 501s, is, is, is the way to uh, other jeans to wear. They started bringing real Americana songs, really soulful songs, old things that people knew and recognized because they've already got an emotional connection and started using those in the ads. And when you'd couple that soundtrack with, you know, with Nick Kamen stripping down to his boxer shorts in the laundrette and for those of you who haven't seen the the commercial i, I suggest you go and check youtube you can see why it, it, it started the ball rolling the great irony for me of course is that um levi's couldn't afford to use the marvin gay original and they actually mimicked it exactly in the ad 
And then Tamla Motown realized, hey, we could have a hit on our hands. And then they got in the act by re-releasing the single. And from that point onwards, they used original songs or the original versions in the Levi's ads. But that was the one that started it all off for me. It really was. I remember I would have been 15, so I would have been slap bang in the middle of my hormonal um, years. And it was just this, it was the idea in your head of just imagine if I could look like Nick Kamen. Imagine if I could just go into a, a laundrette and take off my pants and not look the way I did. <laughs> Not look the well, way I, mean, I did, we all have but massive just imagination. <laughs> it was it it was it just needed such a leap of imagination for me. But it was also the jealousy. I mean, all the girls in the class I was in a mixed school, and all the girls in the class were just you know absolutely goggle-eyed at Nick Kamen. And you're just I wish I was Nick Kamen. But more to continue, I I remember even looking into it, and um, Bartle Bogle Hegarty, I think, was the advertising. Um, was, yeah. and, and Hegarty himself was one of the geniuses behind uh, those campaigns. But Levi's continued, didn't they, with, with picking great songs? Well, they did. I mean, you've got to remember that the success of that was that it suddenly convinced people to, to spend nearly 40 quid on a pair of jeans, back when 40 quid was a hell of a lot of money for a pair of jeans. This was before designer jeans happened. And it worked. And after um, I heard it through the grapevine, they, they had Percy Sledge's, you know, When a Man Loves a Woman, uh, Stand By Me by Benny King, which actually became a number one single in 1987, you know, decades after it was originally released. Come On Everybody by Eddie Cochran. Yeah, I mean, great uh, R&B and, and, and rock and roll standards. And they started to evolve even more into slightly harder edge sounds. You've got like Muddy Waters or, or T-Rex, perhaps. And then for me as a Clash fan, Should I Stay or Should I Go, became a number one um, for them in 1991 when it was used in a, a, a Levi's commercial. But they, other brands started to copy them. There was a great Wrigley's ad at the time of a couple on a Greyhound bus, and it had Freeze All Right Now, a great rock track. And visually, it looked like a Levi's ad. And, and in terms of the music, it sounded like a Levi's ad. And clearly, Levi's obviously thought, it's time for us to move on. And from that point onwards, they started commissioning new songs and new bands and new acts, things like, um, famously, Spaceman, which was a one-hit wonder number one for Babylon Zoo yeah. in the early 90s, which was a bonkers song and so different to anything they'd done before. But that and, and using, um, it was Inside by Stillskin, you know, a much more grungy feel, or even Freak Power's Turn On, Tune In, Cop Out, which was a, a kind of acid jazz sort of, sort of number. They decided we're not just going to be a retro brand anymore because other people are going to try and do that. We need to own the future as well. So really your first point is how brands rocketed songs to the top of the charts as well. So brand like Levi's, isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, if, if, you know, if, if you could get your song in the Levi's ad, you know you were going to have a hit. Exactly. And similarly, similarly, in more recent times, we've seen the same things with the John Lewis Christmas commercials. Okay, you know? but no, we come to that in a minute, Neil. Let's, sure, use, let's, use, let's use our second jumping off point as this song. Oh, it's beautiful. Try them on, yeah. Mick Christopher. Oh. Such a beautiful song, Neil. Certainly is. Certainly is. And, and famously used by Guinness um, all those years ago. And, um, you know, Guinness, I think, have got a long history. And, and my agency have been involved with, um, with a good deal of that as well. Of using great music. You know, it's a great product. Visually, it's a stunning product. The ads have to be visually stunning as well and then the music that accompanies them there's a lot of time and effort goes into making sure that it is something that that makes you think about um 
the, the connection you have with a product in a different way. And that was a that was a, a, a great song. And I remember uh, uh, Damien Devaney, who was the um, the Guinness advertising guy at the time. He said that the, the, the idea to pick that was actually down to you know a guy who works in our industry who used to be the lead singer in, in the Fat Lady Sings. Nick and, Kelly. And his knowledge, yeah, Nick, and, and his knowledge of the the Irish music industry was such that actually this is something that has a really emotional downbeat feel to it, which would actually fit beautifully with the the, the visual images that we. Um, that we put together for that spot. And Nick actually directed that ad. It was called Quarrel, he, wasn't it? He, he did. He did indeed. And, and has uh, gone on to um, uh, direct bigger and better things than just TV commercials as well. Yeah, he's a mean tennis player as well. Um, <laughs> uh, let me see. Where do we go to next? Okay. Um, we call this the John Lewis effect. I mean, uh, when I first... It's Neil, you can call me an absolute softy, but two of my, the Beatles are, the Beatles, I always come back to the Beatles. It's no point in saying they're my favourite group, but somebody of my age, you just come back to the Beatles time after time. And that is Tom O'Dell doing an absolutely heart-wrenchingly beautiful version of Real Love. And this brings you to your next um, aspect of, of music and advertising. Yeah, John Lewis did a really original thing, you know, the best part of 10 years ago, I guess now, by by obviously creating beautiful imagery around their Christmas spots, but also bringing a soundtrack to it, which, you know, made you as a, as a viewer think about things in a different way because it's a beautiful emotional piece of music, as, as you've heard there. But there were all songs that were already famous, but reinterpreted by somebody else. Mm. And there's very much a house style to them. They're all very kind of wistful and slowed down and really dialing up the 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 emotional cues if you were that's a beautiful example and and real love is a a wonderful john lennon a wonderful beatles song and tom o'dell brought a different thing to it and through you know ellie goulding doing elton john's your song um the one that was actually my favorite which is the smiths please 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 let me get what i want which is done by an act called slow moving millie you know lily allen did keen somewhere only we know they're just beautiful beautiful songs to my mind it, it, it's had its time. You're seeing it again and again and again in lots of different acts. You know, Barry's did one this year with, with the Proclaimers, 500 Miles, sung by a girl, and it's like, oh, I'm kind of over it now. Um, but then there was that Renault um, spot last year which had the same sex couple in it with a, a French woman doing a wistful cover version of Oasis's Wonderwall, which I thought was majestic in the way that that put that brand across. Wow. Um, one of the ones I loved as well in the John Lewis was the Gabriella Applin um, one. And to empower love. Yeah, because um, I remember as a 14-year-old boy watching, being at Frankie Goes to Hollywood and seeing them perform this live and then 30 years later just hearing this version. Darkness away I'm so in love with you
I'm an absolute wipeout here. I'm a sap listening to that. She's brought me it's to my knees. It's better than Frankie's version. It, it's better? It's better than Frankie's version. Yeah. Well, it's different anyway. It's just so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. I, I, I always know when the um, the hairs stand up in my arms that it's doing something emotional to me. What about the <laughs> um, Renault, the Renault Clio one? Isn't that right? Yeah. I mean, that was that was lovely. Just with that, that story of a, a same-sex couple told over many years from when they first met through to failed marriages and otherwise, and then them finally getting back together. But the, the music that accompanied it just really brought the, you know, again, in, create, in terms of creating an emotional connection and bringing the visual images you're watching to life in a beautiful way, it was just perfect for me. Just when I thought that the, the wistful cover version had gone, that one saved it for me. Throw it back to you Said maybe You're gonna be the one that saves me And after all You're my wonder Beautiful. Neil, I'm so enjoying this item. Will you stay with me? Because I'm going to take a commercial break. Sure, yeah, of course. Uh, probably no um, crazy, brilliant uh, music ads in this, but we'll see anyway. Back after this. Mario Sunday Roast on Today FM. With Mario Rosenstock.